California love. It's the Going Off Podcast with the Rap Critic and Muse. Dude, how are you doing? Great. And uh, this week we are joined by uh, Rev. Howdy, y'all. Well, that'll be it. Uh, thanks, guys, for having me. It was great. Bye, Rev. Right, Bye. Fuck out. <laughs> we were talking, oh my gosh, I guess this time last year. About the uh, 2016 Double XL freshman class. And we got the new 2017 class lined up. But before we hop into that, I just want to go over for anyone who might not remember who was in the 2016 class. Because now it kind of looks like a who's who in, in retrospect. Lil Yachty, Designer, Dave East, Denzel Curry... G Herbo? Is that Herbo? <laughs> Herbo? Uh Lil Uzi Vert, Lil Dicky, Anderson Pac, 21 Savage, and our boy, Kodak Black. Damn, so G Herbo is the only one that basically didn't pop off. Yeah. Yeah. That fucking everybody is like, yeah, everyone knows who all those cats are, but I I've never heard that name. I can't even point him out on this fucking cover. Well, I can't because he's the only dude I don't know. So yeah. <laughs> he's the only one you don't recognize. Oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, damn. I remember when I first saw this cover and I was like, man, this shit is weak. Every year, every year I see the freshman mm-hmm. list. I'm like, this shit is weak. Like I have three, four people I fuck with. But then I listen to most of these guys' music and I fuck with quite a lot of them. Like 21 Savage ended up being a surprise for me. Like I actually really fuck with some 21 Savage. You don't really hear much from Lil Dicky in the source of, like, music, but I remember he recently got, like, a Trojan condoms ad I've been seeing. Wait, who? Lil Dicky. Oh. oh, I thought you meant uh, 21 Savage. I was like, I would like to see that fucking <laughs> condom ad. Oh, no. I was, just seeing, I was just saying that, like, I heard Lil Dicky's songs before he was in the class. Afterwards, I didn't really hear much... I actually, I, I've I've heard both. I mean, like n- now he's gone viral a couple more times since then. I'm not a fan of uh of Lil Dicky personally. Uh, it's really his business move is interesting. He's working with the same manager as uh Justin Bieber and Asher Roth. Oh, so it kind of so it kind of shows you like it it doesn't mean nothing, right? Justin Bieber was a huge success. Asher Roth was a was not flash in the pan sort no, of. No, but they're both kind of going from that sort of angle of like being frat boy douche sort of thing. But I actually big think, on the internet also. Yeah, but I actually think Lil Dicky is actually like legitimately funny. You know, he can be. Yeah, like when I first heard him, I was like, I don't want to check this guy out. His name is Lil. I, I I'll be damned if my favorite rapper's name will be Little Dicky. <laughs> you know, so I was like, I'm just that trying to fuck with him. And so I was like, all right. Just... And luckily for you, you didn't have to worry about that. <laughs> but you know, I was like, all right, just check out a couple of his songs. I was like, all right, I'll check it out. And I was like, actually, I like what he's doing here. I it's actually kind of. Cool. I feel like he'd be like a good SNL character, yeah. or he would be like um. You know, the one thing I always hated, remember when YouTube just started popping off and uh, there were all these like uh, rap, what was it, rap battles of history or some shit? Oh, I thought you were going to say like people would do like Harry Potter, but he's rapping like that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Same shit like that. And and, um, and it was always bad, you know, and I feel like he, he could at least hold the flow, have like multis and like 
make some funny jokes, and that would be dope. Like I, but I can't see dude putting together like a a good album, like where I would go back to and I'd be like, damn, you know, like damn, this shit is layered. Like twelve songs back to back to back. I can hang with maybe like three or four. But yeah, Dicky, not a have full to take album. An, yeah, no way. Could you imagine like listening back to back like a bunch of Dicky songs? I think that'd be overwhelming. That would get so old really fast. Although, what yeah. I, what I don't like is how he's. He's doing the thing that a lot of rappers are doing lately where they're going like, no, I'm not a rapper. I'm not a rapper. I'm, a, I'm really a comedian who part-time. I thought, he's like, doing, I thought he's doing it the other way around. Like, I thought he's like backtracking on that. And he's like, no, I, I want people to understand. I take this seriously. I want to be like, I think he said something along the lines that he wants to be one of the best rappers of all time or whatever. Right. I think it's too late for that. But yeah, like I don't know. It's an interesting angle. I'm just interested because I'm gonna. It's like a social experiment. Like, cause it seems like he has cool ideas, and I don't. I don't think those should get dismissed. Like the the song where uh, the pillow talking song. Like that's a cool idea. No other rapper would have made a song like that. And that's a good. Like I think that's at least a, a good thing that you could have be said about you as an artist. Does anyone ever listen to a Lil Dicky song and just like put it on in the background while doing something? Like, does anyone say like, man, I want to put on a Lil Dicky song right now? I watched a Lil Dicky music video like you would any kind of YouTube video. Exactly. You know, like oh. you sit down, you watch it for as uh, <laughs> like uh, your favorite term, some content. You sit down, <laughs> you, you watch it for some laughs and then you move the fuck on. Yeah, it's not something I wouldn't put it in a playlist with other rap songs because uh, it would be jarring for one. Like it wouldn't really flow well. well see, yeah. what's wrong with that? What's wrong with someone? Uh, I think it's all right. So I think what we're arguing right now is the difference between someone who's doing something we're that arguing. really stands out and someone who's being standing out so much that it's just a gimmick. It's not enjoyable on right. any other level than the fact that it is a gimmick. There's a fine line between gimmicky and like being very niche. I I think he's basically youtube like his his music is much better with a company with a, like visuals cuz it it gives it more like context yeah. and you can you can tell he has like a a visual surrounding his ideas and and that's cool and that works but again the song by itself you remove the visuals and it's just not interesting you know what it it actually reminds me of a lot of guys that are like on youtube and like hey you see that they rap and they do a lot of stuff like concerning like raps and stuff like that like like the epic rap battle guys like and then they try to sell them on itunes and it's like i'm sure some people are buying it but it's not like the same amount of people that just are going to hear just the insane raps without the video like it's not the same without the video like you said you know okay here's what i don't understand why are singers getting on to the freshman double XL yeah i don't mind it I personally don't mind it because I think it's still within the sphere of hip hop, not necessarily rapping. I, I'll put it to you like this: if if it was, I don't know, Blender or whatever the fuck magazine, hey, uh, best, uh, uh, you know, up and coming guitarist or whatever, but then they had like a flutist on there, it would be like, what? Why do you no, have but these? okay, no, but Anderson Pack still like ra- he's raps. Not, sometimes. No, he's, he's not. He's not a rapper. He's on the fence. He's only. He's like Frank Ocean. You know, Frank Ocean like had a lot of great rap songs. Before he blew up, but, but he's not we all a know rapper. Him for the R&B. No, we I don't own... know. I, I feel like I feel like. What, what do you mean? Okay, do you have to have more than fifty percent of your music to be rap for you to be a rapper? I don't think so. I think people should know you as a rapper in, in order for that to work. Because it's like it just doesn't feel it doesn't feel right. It feels like like if they had Rihanna on the cover in two thousand nine, wouldn't it be a little confusing? 
Like, it'd be like, what? You're not... I mean, I guess you kind of do it, but... Uh, like, I just... She has done rap songs. I, I don't like yeah. how hip-hop is considered to be the thing that doesn't really need to be respected as something with certain boundaries and certain... At least but you some say sort that, of rules, and yet you, know? you were defending Lil Dicky. And the thing is, to me, like, but Lil Dicky is also an example of that. he raps on all of his songs. He raps on all of his songs. He raps, but he's, he's, he's a comedian rapper. He's not like... You look at the, you look at Lil Dicky. You don't think of him as a musician rapper, right? You think of him as like a very particular type. Well, of hold rapper. on a second. I mean, punchline rap is a thing. You know, it's they, not a punchline Red rap Man. though. It's it's not punchline rap. It's not as entertaining as like, like his music is in the same way that you would listen like to a fabulous song, right? Uh, like a fabulous song could actually still be good on its own without visuals. Lil Dicky really requires those visuals. And in the cipher, for instance, a lot of people were gassing him up. He had like what eight bars. Yeah. And people were like, damn, that shit was dope just because he was rapping on beat. I mean, he he was also in the same cipher where designer literally repeated one line like sixteen times yeah. and that was about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Uh, and it fucking pans it. over to Lil Dicky and he has to make the face like, <laughs> Yeah, this is great. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Don't watch my moves, can't watch my shoes, can't cock my moves. Don't watch my This guy like PMB Rock. I, I'm pretty sure yeah. he doesn't he's not a rapper. Ah, he's on the fence, dude. He is on the fence. He he does both too. Like I don't I don't feel like it's necessary to put these like parameters around like how much you sing. How much... Drake is a rapper because you do hear him rap a lot of the time. I was gonna ask about Drake X. Yeah, like he, Okay, he what does... about X? X is on the list as well. Why, he's why, a rapper! Put... He raps! He sings just as much as he raps, though. Like, he does a lot of country-like songs. Country? What? Dude, X has some crazy... Dude, like, have I not been paying rap. attention? I, 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 all I've heard is, uh, I, I can't keep a dick in my pants. That fucking No, he has, like, a lot of shit that just don't even have any drums, and he's just singing or just talking without even rhyming. Like, his shit is crazy. Okay, I mean, just, just right off the bat, since we're talking about the freshman class, I gotta say X... I'm so glad he's on the list. He really deserves to be on the list. And he's my favorite person on this list. And I like him more than any of the people on last year's list. I'll say wow. this much. I feel like what sucks about a cat like X is that I feel like he's not going to last because he's so, and not just because I don't think he has good music or anything like that, but because he's already so self-destructive. And we've yeah, seen I mean, that's sad. how that already will just destroy somebody. Like, facts, we facts. don't hear dick all about bobby Schmurda. oh bobby Schmurda. Mm. oh yeah but you know what i mean that's different yeah but that's one, a shame. one bad fuck up and no one will care if this guy gets into one bad fuck up and the label does not feel like it's worth it to help him out they won't or he punched somebody at a at a at his performance yesterday i think but the thing is um, oh my god yeah like okay it's a shame that like you're probably right because if you youtube his name the first thing you see is is, is it's a song and then the next eight or nine videos are just like it's all trouble shit that has nothing to do with music. Yeah, it's yeah. just like oh, this person's trying to kill him. Somebody got shot. Somebody got stabbed. Somebody got punched, and like during his performance, and like being surrounded by this kind of energy, and it's not. It doesn't even have to be his fault, but like you, you gotta. He's got to be on edge, you know? And I just hope he has the right people around him. That's all. And more people care about the spectacle than they care about what he's actually doing. Well, I think... No, I think the, the fans really do love his music. Like, he... Out of all these artists on here, he is... Like, man, he, he's just got so much range. And I'm not saying I don't want to... And I'm not saying I don't want to see him, like, flourish. But he needs to... Whoever he's around, he needs to fucking get away from them. For sure. I mean, I hope all these... 
young dudes and uh, ladies succeed because I mean these are all just like people like us who who love this music thing and um they're all doing it differently and we might dislike a lot of their music but you know they're kids and it's I, I think um I don't know I I wish them all well and I I just hope they're around good people like his ex I don't know if he, he he's got the right people around him I don't know who who's managing him I don't know who his people are but they got to get him out of trouble they got to like quality control his tweets and other shit like just making sure that like he he's not pulling himself into any legal uh, issues because that could kill his career but yeah the list what do you guys think of this year's list before we got into the actual list i was gonna ask uh the group um were there any names you were surprised not to see because i got one uh jaden smith no he's been out for so long though but not like not like people taking him seriously as a rapper. I th- well, then again, Batman just came out. I think Batman's pretty like. Catchy. And besides, besides, does Jaden Smith need help? He doesn't. No, he doesn't. But I think I think this could be a good look for him because I feel like a lot of people dismiss the idea of Jaden Smith and music. I think together. it's because his tweets from when he was younger. Yeah, it's a bit of that. His father being Will Smith. There's like a whole lot of things that that, you know play a part. But it'd be interesting. I think it'd be interesting if he ended up being on like next year's list. Yeah, I mean, aside from that, I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah, Black, Black. The only one I had written down was Young Ma. Yeah, because she was kind of buzzing last year with that hit. That song is still getting considerable radio play around here. Yeah, I am not too particularly familiar with most of the people on here except yeah. for the ones that uh like a boogie with the hoodie like what the fuck I, a boogie with the hoodie. yeah i've heard some of his stuff i mean no he's definitely buzzing uh it's just that uh, yeah. nothing's really captured me yet i like his voice it seems yeah. different uh amine is really cool i like him mm. yeah i i like I, I like how, like, his name is basically a typo for anime or whatever. Or it looks yeah, like a typo yeah. for anime. Yeah, he has the shirt. And that's why I love his shirt. Like, yeah. 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 Um, Kyle is cool. I want to see what else he does. Yeah, Kyle is cool. I'm interested in Kyle. He's one ugly motherfucker, though. Like, goddamn. And, uh, <laughs> my, my problem with it is that, and again, I haven't heard, like, everybody, but a lot of them, I don't really, there's not really, like, a reputation for these guys to be, like, really dope rappers. Like, I don't need everyone to be fucking uh uh eminem or whatever but you know like it feels like all of these guys are kind of like hey they're gonna have the party hit kyle's gonna have the party hit ugly uh, god's gonna be weird but maybe he'll get like a party hit you know like there's no one who really feels like no this is the guy that he takes it yeah sure we have the fun guys over here and sure we have the guys who are mixed with r&b but hey we also have the guys that are kind of like serious rappers so, yeah. so you talk about like they don't have a lyrical miracle is what you're saying? Nah. <laughs> no, I'm not saying you gotta be a lyrical miracle. Just someone who, like, actually puts time into their shit. I think, I think, I think some of them do. Like, I, I think, honestly, this year is one of the few times there's, like, a good range. No, like, Made in T.U.I.O. is kind of like, like, I, I don't know about you, but I heard that song with, he did with Designer, and I was like, uh, alright, I don't need to hear anymore. I really don't like Made in T.U.I.O. like that much. He's nah, one of my least favorite guys on them. the list. Cab G, again, man, what an unfortunate set of photos. Like, dude doesn't even look that ugly, but goddamn, 
He's the one at the top. He's in the right, top right corner. Like, oh, looking oh. like looking like an anime villain. Oh my <laughs> he god! Really does. I was wondering what his deal was. He looks like that guy who, like, you know from the start is an evil guy, but he's like still pretending to be a good guy, and then eventually you find out he's a bad guy, and you're like, well, I knew it. Like, I knew he was gonna be a bad guy. <laughs> the whole time he's like, mm. it was obvious. He's the one who always did a snaky thing where he goes. At the end, I knew he was gonna be a bad guy. But who's the guy in the front doing the rock horns? Is that Ugly God? That- That's Ugly God. Yeah, yeah. Can't you tell he ugly? He a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts out to the Ugly God. Another guy that definitely deserves to be on the list. I would have been mad. Okay, who's the guy with his arms spread out like he's like Lex Luthor, going like, "The world will be mine, gentlemen." Oh, that's PNB Rock. I'm not surprised he's on the list. Again, another guy who. Just based off of buzz. Because you got to remember, these guys are not on the list because how dope they are necessarily. This is, that's not the metric used. It's more so like how, how popping they are and how likely they are to be popping. Yeah, exactly. And, and see, that's the thing I don't like. A lot of people have been going at this list, uh, especially like last years and years before and going like, what? These aren't the top five best rappers from 2016. Bleh. And it's like, I don't think that's what they said. No, they that's never not the say point. here are the best rappers from the last year. They say here are the people that we think are gonna have hit songs. That's most likely what they're trying to say when they meet the 2017 freshman class. These are the guys that are going to have careers that are gonna be really big. Yeah, it's not the graduating class. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, it's not that I want everyone to just be uh, you know, Ben Staples and uh Vic Mensa. You know what I mean? Like Fuck Vic Mensa. I, <laughs> uh, we'll get back to that one uh no but at the same time like why not have that full array of artists so that it's like hey look at all of these guys and let's try to push all these um um all these different directions that rap is being taken in instead of just like let's just for go for all of the safest bets you yeah know? no i don't i don't think it's safe bets i'm actually I think the list is a good one in terms of where the direction hip hop is taken because like the the years where we had like the Kendrick Lamar and the year before that where we had like all the the Charles Hamilton and Kit Cuddies and all that that was an interesting time in hip hop this was like the post crunk era where lyrics started coming back so to speak or that's what people used to say the the second golden era and now we're going through next stage of, of the hip hop evolving and and it's it's a lot more I don't know, punk-ish in, in very many regards. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it to you like this. I didn't think Charles Hamilton was like super lyrical, miracle, but, but, but he was a really lyrical guy. Like He, he did was a really... lyrical guy and he was a yeah. producer. I mean, most of those guys on the list, like a lot of those guys on the list produce their own shit, mix their own shit. They sh- a lot of them like shot videos with just their friends and everything. It was all uh, DIY. And on this list, it's, it's more or less the same. A lot of these guys started off yeah. DIY or blew up DIY. It's just a different angle. And actually, the whole skinny jeans thing is like, is dope because again, I feel like we can look back 20, like 20 years from now and be like, this is when hip hop had baggy jeans. And this is when yeah, yeah, we yeah. switched over to the skinny jeans. And this is, it's, it's, I don't know, there's quite a lot to take from the cover. And I think whoever took, who was in charge of taking the photos this time around did a good job in terms of like capturing the essence, I suppose. I saw someone talk about the, the rappers today and talk about mainly like Lil Yachty and Lil, Lil Uzi Vert and was like, man, rappers today look weird or whatever. And I just fucking sent him a picture of Blowfly and I was like, excuse me. You have to talk about fucking looking weird. Dude, you got to look up. You got to see how Busta Rhymes used to dress back in the 90s. Yo, sometimes. yeah. Like, come on. Busta Rhymes, old dirty bastard. Come on. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, pe- people acting like that never happened. I no, mean, what they'll do is, what they'll do is, oh man, they were creative when they did that, but they're weird now. I, I don't know if it's like the social media presence and like being on Twitter and Instagram and like Snapchat or whatever more, but the rappers in this generation just feel way more relatable. Absolutely. I, I think, I think, because a lot of these people just, like the lack of care that they put into their songwriting or whatever they're reluctant to get too deep or they're just like i don't know i I feel like it's it's more about just being honest with yourself about who you are with a lot of cats it's like yeah they have that air of being like i'm it's okay for me to be weird it's okay for me to like anime but at the same time i still have to talk about how i'm gonna fuck your bitch and have more money than you and talk about how i'm gonna shoot you you know what i mean like just fucking break away. Don't do that shit at all. Talk about the weird anime shit that you're into. Just talk well, that's about what X it. Does. I think X does quite a lot of that. That's why I think he's such a standout guy. It's because he, he really breaks the mold. To me, he's like this year's uh, uh, Charles Hamilton. Don't give him that, man. Don't curse him with that. <laughs> I know. I don't want to. It, it, was, it was heartbreaking for me because I was such a big Charles fan. Dude, you could see it happening. Like the, the boat just slowly Absolutely. sinking on his career. And it was just like... Man, this is not going to work out, is it? So I got to ask about Ugly God. Um, I, For everyone on here, since I wasn't too crazy familiar with them, I went ahead and sampled like three or four of their songs. What's up with Ugly God's OJ the Juice Man sound and delivery half the time? You listen to his shit and you can really tell that he's just having mad fun. And... And in, in this generation where everyone's so uptight and really cares about their opinions and takes shit way too seriously, it's refreshing to hear these people who, like, say shit that could piss the left off, the right off, and they'll say it with a smile on their face, and, like, they don't care. They're not trying to hurt nobody, but they just don't give a shit. And it's, it's, it's nice. It's nice to see someone not caring. I think, I think that's why a lot of people really liked Lil Yachty last year. It's because it was that energy that wasn't present for a while. I like Lil Yachty, like, the fact that he has this different sounding style, that it sounds like happy trap, you know, rap, you know what I mean? Happy mumble. Yeah, (laughs) happy trap, you know, trappiness or whatever. (laughs) Trappiness or whatever. (laughs) No, but, but what I don't like is that he's still talking about the same shit, though. Like, yes, the sound, aesthetically, it sounds very different. But he's using the exact same topics. That one bitch blew him like a cello, though. That, that Okay, so many people came to me with that shit. And they're like, like, dude, come on, you got to talk about this in your next verse list. And I'm like, bro, that's worse of the year material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish more people said shit like that. And I was kind of mad that he like thought it was a flute, like what Squidward plays. And then oh. people were like, and then people were mad. People were like, you idiot. Squidward plays a clarinet. Yeah, <laughs> he fucked up. You twice. still can't get the shit right. <laughs> Look at people you. were people were mad about the flute clarinet mistake rather than the cello thing. It was hilarious. You're just digging yourself deeper. Yeah, like, yeah, Lil Yachty is an interesting character. I mean, when when I heard Lil Boat, I thought he was going to be promising, and then his latest album was kind of. Eh, I was disappointed. That, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. My problem with him is. He's basically, I'm still going to talk about shooting you, fucking your bitch, and get having more money than you, but I'm going to do it with a silly voice. And this is like, well, it doesn't matter if you're just... Did he talk about shooting, though? Huh? Yes, he does. He still talks about shit like that. That's weird. But he's 19, man. He's so dumb. Like, give him, give him a chance. I'm not saying he has to be smart. That's the thing. I don't want him no, to be No, that's why smart. I'm saying he's dumb. Not, not d- I'm not saying... He's actually pretty smart to a certain extent. I'm just saying dumb in terms of, like... 
finding something to talk about not necessarily deep it doesn't have to be deep it could be dumb and stupid just like varied he needs to be more varied i want these guys if they're gonna have the aesthetic of being different i want them to be really different really go all the way out with it so that each and every person on this list you can't say that they overlap you know you can't say that a song by made in tyo sounds like a song by uh cap g i have a theory that a lot of these a lot of these cats, they stick to one sound. You've noticed, like, sometimes you can look up a lot of these rappers off the list, YouTube them, and just jump through different songs that they've made, and they sound sometimes almost the same, right? They kind yeah, of yeah. merge with one another. I have a theory that this has everything to do with the fact that we're in the internet age. Back mm. in the day, like, people wouldn't hear you until you put your album out. And usually, you only get to make an album if... Your boys, your homies, your neighborhood supports you when you get to the stage where you like you rap, you do shows, and then you eventually put something out like a full product and it's varied and there's different like angles that you're coming from. These days, you put put a song on SoundCloud and you get the reception that you get. And let's say you put 10 songs out and two of them like really pop. They get more than a million views each. Mm-hmm. And they're a very particular sound. And you start to realize, ah, people like this. And I think you start to really cater to that particular sound. Like, oh, people associate me with this type of sound. Right, they expect right. this type of sound. I'm going to give them what they want because it only makes sense. I, I'm. This is something that's unique to me. And they end up making the same stuff over and over again. And that's why they run out of stuff to say. They're afraid of alienating an audience, right? Yeah, I think on a, some sort of subconscious level, I think a lot of these people think that maybe they are liked for a gimmick, you know, even when their their potential is beyond that. I, I think it's it's a matter of like, just kind of, because uh, you can see the numbers these days, you know, back in the day, the rap- rappers weren't as exposed to like so many statistics. These days, yeah, you put a song out, you get mad numbers. It says which country plays your songs, how many people play mm-hmm. this, blah, blah, blah. You get all these numbers so you get a better understanding of where something is going. And you don't need that kind of stuff if you want to be a true creative person and you just want to ex- you, you explore what you want to explore, you know? Because uh, I've had that happen to me where I've put out something and I've been like, oh, damn, this one got a lot more views than this. People like it when I'm more like like this thing, you know, like where I'm louder mm-hmm. or where I'm blah, blah, blah. And you kind of have to remind yourself to be like, well, I also like doing this other stuff. So who cares? First of all, OJ, class of 2010. Second of all, <laughs> Kamaya, for me, was the one that stood out the most. Yeah, yeah, and beyond the obvious, she was the only person on this list to me that didn't sound like anybody else on the list. Yeah, well, yeah, besides like, X, okay, again. Everybody else, and I, I took notes for all these people, and for most of them, I, I didn't care about being redundant. I put boring next to half of these motherfuckers because it was just yeah. so, like... Yeah, samey. Just, I just don't fucking care anymore. You, you know what would be a good idea? Like, make a playlist of, like, three or four of their songs from each artist mm. and then just put it on a Spotify playlist, play it, like, out of order and see if you can figure out if there's anything that makes one different from the other. <laughs> I'd be so fucked. I wouldn't be able to tell them apart. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be honest, I would, but yeah, for sure. She definitely stands out the most in in terms of like, it's a different style. I don't even, I can't really put my finger on it. It sounds very, somewhat familiar. It's got more of an indie style to me. Like it sounds more like someone you'd hear on the come up. Everybody else just already kind of has that polished sheen to it. But what is so annoying was that 
while I liked her style, I didn't really hear anything particularly clever or witty. Like, I still didn't like oh, it. Oh, I didn't really like I didn't like it. Yeah, again, I keep... I'm, that's the thing. I'm not even, like, a massive fan of X, but you keep, you said polished, and X is shit. That's, that's another thing that I really appreciate. It's nice to have... Like with Charles, it's nice to have someone who has, like, lo-fi quality of music that's on the list. Because um, I feel like a lot of these people, yeah, like, just way overly polished, and I think that's just not necessary anymore. Uh, last year, that was cool, because we had Lil Uzi Vert. We had... Was Dej Loaf? No, she was the year before that. I'm remembering 2015 because I remember 2015 I had like Hobson and Iggy Azalea. Yeah, that one was the ass one. That one was yeah. the, like, mostly bad. Hobson was in 2015? Yeah. Double XL kind of late on a lot of shit. No, but it was, it wasn't, it's not about like, oh man, he's new. It's like, oh, this is when he's like popping off because he, he just got his like label and they were like different. People from the label were popping off, and and I think like oh he's buzzing. This is a good opportunity. There's an there's a chance that he'll go beyond this market. He didn't, of course. Like he a, could like have lo- if he wouldn't have been such a fucking dumbass. I don't think so. I think even if he wasn't a dumbass, like his music is just the the dumbassness reflects in the music as well. Is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, you know? but, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just saying like okay, his rap is garbage, right? I'm not even gonna talk about his rap, no, but I'm he's talking not about a like garbage the- rapper though. He is. is. I don't think he's a that bad. Oh, he's garbage. <laughs> he's garbage oh, with on. topics and rapping. It's it's not creative. No. It's it's no, all same too. Guys, you cannot say that Hobson is on the exact same level as Soldier Boy. You can't say that. Mm. No, you can't say that. But I would say Soldier Boy has had better records. Like I can put out, I can pull out better records than than Hobson. Like even Soldier Boy, like crank that. Yeah, like crank that. Right, even that was a more creative song than Hobson. Really? Enti- Hobson's entire career. Yeah, oh. sure. You don't have to like the song, oh. but it was entirely creative at the time. Like, I hated it. I was young and I was rapping and I was like, man, who's this dumb, young, like, fucking idiot making this shitty music? But it was catchy and it was different. And he produced it himself and nothing sounded like that at the time. Hobson has never made anything that made me go, damn, no one's ever made anything like this. He's not in 2014. It, it had to be t- 2013 or before. I think it was 2012. Hold on, uh, Hobson. I was gonna say because 2015 sounds really oh, late to give fucking Hobson. Okay. Yeah, it's 2012. That was the one. Okay, like, there he oh, is. Oh, that was with Danny Brown. Oh yeah. Oh damn, oh, Future is on there. Damn. Oh, Mac I forgot Future was. I forgot Future was a uh, freshman ones. Oof. <laughs> Man, this is a this is a mixed bag. You fucking got <laughs> Macklemore and Iggy Azalea on the cover. It's so weird. Like you know they didn't oh. talk to each other. Machine Gun Man. Kelly. Wow, he had that. So he had that in 2012. Machine Gun Kelly was supposed to pop. Yeah, and he didn't pop until literally last year. With, yeah. with that, did he even pop? pop really? Like, uh, he had a big hit on the uh, pop radio with that chick from uh, Fifth Harmony. Yeah, I sure. mean, before that, that in 2012, he was popping within like a very particular scene. Like he, he was, was making music with Waka Flocka. Yeah, he was. He no, was tour. He, he was wasn't. big. Not tour like wise, that, he was. Though. He wasn't. No, in he's ass. Don't get me wrong, but he he was no. big. Like he was. He made collabor- collaboration songs with Waka Flocka, who was no. Like he d- he did the wild boy. The he did the wild boy joint, but that was it. And oh shit, that went platinum. Okay. Yeah, but that I, was. I don't big. remember people rocking with it like that though. Well, no, because again, it depends what like circle you're in. Again, yeah, I don't like true. his music either, but I was very aware of his presence yeah. at the time. Um. 
But oh, I mean, man, like, bad things was inescapable last year. Man, Hobson is trash. Oh. I, is I hope you guys. Trash. I hope you guys don't no. have too many Hobson fans. No, we don't. Don't worry. We fucking reviewed an okay. album of his. I see a lot of people we... dump on me because I do give him props in certain places. Nah, I'm. I'm he's very. A, he's critical. a snotty brat who needs to fucking chill the fuck out. You know what I mean? No, he's just not a. He's just also not a good rapper. Like I don't I can't know, man. Call him not a good rapper. Like if you took away his personality and replaced it with like another one. The talent and the skill in putting the words together is still there. I don't know. I think the creativity not is, creativity is not just the words that he's saying, but the way that he chooses to say them. It's all just a derivative of like Eminem or someone else. And it's just, and, and if that, to some people that's cool because to them it's got this nostalgia factor and yet it's different because it's new. It's not the same songs as they've heard before. But to me, it just, it doesn't work. It's the same reason why when, uh, What's his name came out first? Oh, that's another person that ho- hopefully will end up next year. Uh, your old Droog, when he first came out, oh, he yeah, sounded yeah. way too much like Nas. I couldn't listen to him. I'm such a huge Nas fan. I couldn't listen to this guy. When that, start, when that whole thing started happening, I was like, I'm not even going to bother. And because... now he came, out, he came out with the tape this year, I think. And I gave it a chance. And it's actually really good. Like, it's like at least a strong seven good, you know? And... um. But yeah, because now he's doing something different. Now he's doing something different beyond just sounding like Nas. And what happened with Dram? Oh, Dram. Oh, shit, yeah. Dude, mm. Dram, actually, yeah. I, he, yo, I would have put him on this list, actually. Yeah, but maybe he rejected the offer. Oh, like, yeah, I looked that up. Like, the really big people reject the offer. Mm. I'm sure we talked about this last year, but I just love the fucking cover of the 2013. It says, 2013's freshman class, best ever? And it's uh, oh, it's so yeah. so. You got Schoolboy Q, uh, Trinidad James, Joey Badass, Absol, Logic, Action Bronson, Kirkle Bangs, Travis Scott, uh, Dizzy Wright, and uh, Angel Hayes. Guys, did you know that Logic is half black? Oh sorry, my god, no! I had no fucking idea. <laughs> I know. I just found out, guys. It's crazy. <sighs> like we said it in the review. I don't want to shit on a situation or what he's had to deal with or any of that, but I got it. That's good. That's good. The problem with him is, is he's not saying anything in addition to that. There's no commentary that really makes it matter. We were talking about this before. Um, We were talking about the fact that he's like, I I was black, but I was also part white. And it's like, okay, what does that mean? He doesn't tell you about the experiences of, being white versus all being white in some situations and being black in other situations. And I felt that the reason why he didn't do that was because in some situations where he could pass as white, it is possible that he, you know, because he benefited from that, he didn't want to tell you about it because he felt that that wouldn't garner enough sympathy. Right. Where it's like, Oh, here's a situation in which I was able to scoot by because I was white uh, because I looked white. And now I kind of have a regret because of that, because maybe I should have used my voice. Maybe I should have spoken out. Maybe I should have done something, used my advantage, but I didn't do it. But I felt like we never got any sort of reflection on that because he was so busy trying to make you just sympathize with him for being, oh my God, but he's half black. It's like, he's it's so great. Yeah, no, my my, my problem with it is, is like, because a lot of people defend him saying like, well, it's because, okay. He he's mixed, but like with, with a lot of black artists who are half white, you you can't tell they're half white because they're obviously black. But but he looks white, so he needs to remind people that he's black. I don't understand why he does need to do that. Why why 
I'm sure his life has been fine for him through most of his like life. For people that didn't know him, like he clearly looks white. He probably had fewer issues than if he were black, like social wise, socially wise, right? So why claim this blackness when it's convenient to you, like? And, you know, like not really be behind it 100%. Because he's what, my problem logic, he's like one of those people who are like, why don't we all get along? We're all people. I hate that shit. It's, it's corny to me. It, it's, it, it, it basically, you're denying all the social injustices out there when you're like minimizing it to like, man, it's, why do we have to make it about black? Why do we make it about white? Educate yourself. Stop being a fool. You know, my problem with it is, um, I think he had a song in particular where he was talking about how uh, me being... Have black? I didn't know. Boyhood took 12 years to make. <laughs> he was talking about the fact that his mom, was, even though she was white and like had a baby with a black guy, she was actually really racist towards black people. And I was thinking, you know what would be really genius if you had a couple joints where it was like, hey, I'm criticizing the issues within black culture, the misogyny and this, that, and the third. And then maybe he could have a point where he's like, wait a minute, am I being overly critical because of that racism that was embedded through me and my mom? Or do I actually really care about, you know, my fellow black people and I actually have something to say? You know, I hope that he says that in his ne next record. Like, guys, I'm so sorry. Like, have something self-critical to be looking at yourself and being like, how has my advantages as being white passing colored my perception of reality? Because otherwise, yeah, it just looks like he's like he wants validity now. You know, like, yeah. hey, guys, I, I know I look white, but don't forget, I'm also also part black. So that means you guys have to treat me as such. And I don't know what what he's trying to imply, you know, yeah. like, w what's the point? Yeah. What basically I end up feeling like is just going like, so? <laughs> yeah, like, like... that's the thing because he never had a really as far as i know i mean i'm sure his fans will be quick to correct me i know you guys have logic fans because logic fans pop up everywhere but uh look i'm not hating on the guy guy can rap but what i'm saying is there is no substance to constantly reminding i don't know it's more of a meme these days but still like it, it is present uh in sort of like uh the way he maneuvers himself and talks about it he clearly cares, you know? And I don't want to take it back, but I will take this back as an excuse for to a cheap uh, plug for the Patreon extra footage. But uh, you know who covered this uh, mixed race things really well? Chino XL with the song What Am I off uh, Here to Save You All. Check that one out. And I'm looking at an alternate picture of the double XL cover. Dude, you're right. Cap cannot take a decent picture. He's an unphotogenic motherfucker. Yeah, and then in the videos, he's like, you, you see him from different angles, you're like, oh, he's not so, he's not so ugly. But in that, like, photo shoot, he's just like, dude, but dude, well, how do you look so weird? <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I just say, there is a, there's actually an odd amount of dollar signs for, for a lot of this list. I noticed that. Not, yeah. Not every single one, but it's just like, it just feels weird that, like, after the year, like, just past the year 2000 that we still have people who think it's clever to put dollar signs in their name you know yeah it's like people who still put z instead of s in their like names it's i'm always makes me go like wait what they're still doing that <laughs> come on man that was a 90s thing yeah exactly like this is still clever to you like what are like, you doing i mean like, no disrespect to tupac like all eyes on me with the z as well but like yeah. as i said this that was a 90s thing you had already name-dropped him once. Maybe it's time for us to uh, shift over to the album review? Yeah, actually. Darren, this is sure. a Patreon request on your end, am I right? 
Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, I should probably look at who made it. Hold on. Well, that's fine. I, I will have cut as soon as I asked that question, and I can cut back in when you've got it. <laughs> okay. Did you want to stick around for us to talk about it? I'll be. I'll try to be more quiet for sure. Like, sorry if I've if I've been talking oh, no, too much. But no, like, um, no, dude, no, 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 no. I, I just wanted to know, like, if you've listened to it and you wanted to. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Talk no, I it. I grew up. I grew up listening to Tupac a lot. I mean, I mean, he was my favorite freshman from the 2012 list. He <laughs> 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 uh, that kid's going the places. Guy has a bright future. He's gonna go places. Yeah, I mean, no, it's such an interesting album. I, I want I want to hear you guys talk about it. Uh, so today we're reviewing Tupac's uh, album uh, "All Eyes on Me," um, it, which was requested by Eric Schinefeld. So thank you for that request, and um, it's actually fascinating because I, I I was listening to Tupac in order to get ready for the movie that it actually came out last week, uh, mm. and I actually have a review with the respect that should be coming out around like. You know, or around sometime this week that y'all can ah, check cool. out. So I don't want to get into that too much here. Um, but yeah, we're reviewing the All Eyes on Me. Thought it was the perfect time, mm -hmm. you know, to review the album, talk about it, talk about how we felt about it. And just listening to his other music first, it's actually pretty fascinating the sort of metamorphosis that he goes through. Because when you listen to Strictly for My Niggas and Tupacalypse Now, it is a Far more very, conscious, yeah. Yeah, he is a very different animal than on this album. And it's not to say that he's completely divorced from that sort of more uh, uh, gangster. He was kind of a hybrid when he came out. He was gangster rap slash political commentary. He was literally the, the, the perfect mixture of N.W.A. and Public Enemy. Hmm, like, he, he was the logical next step for, yeah. you know, uh, the way music was going. But, um... I, I personally feel like the 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 real meat of his messages started to get muddled around about this time. Um, that's not necessarily to say that the music is bad or that the lyrics are bad, actually. But it is to say that, like, you know, I, I, I end up feeling like his older stuff, like, since that came first, it feels like you should have been evolving and making more stronger content in this vein. And it felt like it kind of got changed around i mean hey that's what fucking prison will do right. to you you know what i mean like you get out you're with a completely new label that's main focus is gangster rap you're gonna be pushed in that direction more you why, know why do you why do you think why do you think he did that like why do you, why do you think he had two very socially conscious albums and then he came out with this double album that um i mean there were a couple songs here and there where he talked about like um feeling like he's being under surveillance surveillance mm -hmm. and like the whole all eyes on me thing plays in like uh, in different ways but generally speaking yeah it's it's it doesn't feel like anything like the two previous albums and do you think there's do you have any theories for why you think that this may be so oh no no doubt the reason is because he went to jail um he went to jail and then he was mm -hmm. in there for a while on those charges and then when he came out the person who was there to help him was Suge Knight, Death Row. They're all about that gangster rap shit. And it's like, all right, we'll help you out, but you've got to make the music that we're trying to make over here. You know, we have a certain brand that we're associated with, and you I need kind to of agree. that brand. I kind of agree. I think it goes a little deeper than that. I think it's not just the fact that Suge Knight specifically asked for a particular type of no, like, no, music. Because I think, I think he... Suge Knight knew that Shuk, like Tupac was just 
anything he was going to put out was probably going to blow up at that point. This was like a a very good time to be Tupac. Uh, And uh, I think the reason why he came out with this kind of music is tied in with why he specifically made a double album was because the, his contract was a three album contract with uh, death row when he came out of jail. And this one technically qualified as two releases. Mm. So yeah. to to I'm interested as to why he did that. What was he trying to rush out of a contract so that he could be making That's more independent choices? Thinking. That's what I was thinking. Because you know what? Every time you see interviews about people like recollecting Tupac in the last couple, like oh yeah, I remember in '95 and '96, Tupac was. Uh, they always say the same thing. He was constantly in the studio. He was nonstop in the booth recording 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 and that's why we have so many posthumous mm. songs to me it seems what if it, that that somehow it ties in with him like that, that's why he put out the d- double album that's why there was so much music that was unreleased he was very prolific towards the end of his life and i wonder if that had if that like the the contract was in any way relevant you know it's interesting i'm even looking at um me against the world the album that like where he wasn't with death row yet but you yeah. could sort of hearing the change in direction. But even that still had Dear Mama. Even that still had so many tears. Like, those were the big singles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that's what people knew. And even though it's like, yeah, we know that he's the gangster rapper. But the main image that he's projecting is, you know, him loving his mom. The main image he's projecting is the, the trials and tribulations that he's gone through. Not necessarily the we pop off guns at anybody trying to fuck with us. But specifically, with All Eyes on Me, there's that turn. And like I said, I don't think it was like, you know, I don't think uh, Suge was like forcing his hand, you have to make gangster rap. But I think just being around that atmosphere, you're going to be more likely to do that. You know, you're just gonna, it's just what's gonna happen. But yeah, I think there's a lot more anger in this album, where the anger before was at an unjust system, like an unjust, like bigger social political things at work. Here it feels like the anger is a lot more personal. Yeah. Uh, it feels like it's at yeah. specific people that wronged him. You know what I mean? There's no stories here. Everything is directly real. This happened, and he's telling you about it. And he doesn't really care how it comes out. He's just telling you what it is. Uh, now, what I do like about it is that he manages to still be... It, see, and this is what's kind of fascinating about Tupac is that I don't think people would call Tupac a lyrical rapper, but he actually was very lyrical. I, and I find that interesting. Like, people would call Notorious B.I.G. a lyrical rapper, but people would more likely call Tupac a more passionate rapper, you know, because of it was more reliant on the energy. But he was still had multis out the ass. He rhymed uh, words in certain ways that I would just think like, oh, wow. I mean, I you say multis out the ass. Like, like did, did people back then ever really consider either Biggie or Tupac lyrical? Like, I know a lot Probably of people not. look back at it now in hindsight, but we had Rakim, we had Nas. Yeah. We had Jay-Z, who was more lyrical than both Tupac and Biggie. And what I think is interesting about, like, I think the bar was just so high at that point. (laughs) That for anyone not directly doing that, we just thought of them in a a completely different atmosphere. But it's funny looking back on it now, it's just like, dude, uh, what's that one lyric? This wasn't even one of uh, Tupac's verses. It was just somebody who was doing gangster rap, right? Like. Yeah. This was gangster rap. Like, this whole album is hardcore gangster rap. It's funny because this is the album people quote the least these days. Like, Tupac fans don't like to quote All Eyes on Me when they try to make a point. They, they, they quote Tupacalypse Now or Strictly 4 because, <laughs> because that does was the socially conscious shit. Like, people talk about these albums in hindsight, but sometimes we fail to put ourselves in that time and space, right? 90, 95, 90, 96, you had 
what were the other big records like during that time? Like Ice Cream Man for a, by Master P comes to mind, right? And again, that's uh, again, it's a turn in hip hop. You could tell there was like this turn in hip hop, uh, pre Hate Me Now Nas. Like, yeah, Hate well, we Me Now had, Nas happened because of that. We also had Busta Rhymes around the same true. time, and true. Before he came out, he was actually a lot more lyrical. He actually toned it down a little bit for his debut, but it was still the idea. He's crazy because of all the words he puts together. You know what I mean? It wasn't just the energy. It was like, but listen to how smart he is while he's doing it. You know, when when this um, album came out, like, what do you think people back then would compare it to? Because every time an album comes out, people are able to compare yeah. it within the context of its time. Do you think All Eyes on Me sounded more like a Biggie record than any other Tupac record, for instance? I would say that much because it, so- it specifically sounded more like gangster rap than what he was doing before. Because what he was doing before was coming hot off of the heels of, um, because, you know, uh, 90, 91 was literally the prime time for Afrocentrism, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. so like, he was hot off the heels of uh, uh, cats like Arrested Development, Public Enemy, X-Clan, uh, Poor Righteous Teachers. So that's what he was among. So for him to change specifically to this, people were probably saying, oh, he's trying to sound like... Um, um, the Chronic that just came out two years ago. He's trying to sound like uh, uh, who's the other cats? Like like MC8, um, um, DJ Quick, who he actually. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, DJ here. Quick and Snoop and yeah, yeah, and, and it's Snoop, definitely Snoop. Yeah. Uh, so you know that harder bent uh, with the mo- with the synthesizers and stuff, and it's kind of a perfect leap, honestly, because the the older beats from ninety one ninety two. If you would have kept going with that, it would have gotten played out after a while. That's why Digital Underground didn't last. Their sound wasn't... Yeah, they had the funk in there, but it wasn't really that harder edge that people were really looking for. It's know? funny you say that because I feel like the, 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 the songs that people remember best off of All Eyes on Me are basically updated versions of that um, like 91, 92 funk era <laughs> like rap. Because America's Most Wanted and California mm-hmm. Love were like... I don't remember. I think those were the two singles. He might have had more singles, but yeah, I California Love beats. was is literally his like first number one single. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was a big deal. And then also, America's Most Wanted has again that like that fat snare and the uh, like. I don't know that kind of like you can't help but move yeah. when you hear. When and you it hear has Snoop Dogg on it, so it was like here's Absolutely, Snoop Dogg yeah. fresh off of his trial. Um, you know, murder is the case that they gave me. You know what I mean? So he has yeah. that controversy going, and you have Tupac fresh out of jail. Literally, I mean, there's a reason why they called the song Two of America's Most Wanted." Like they tried to get us, but they couldn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they were pra- they were both more or less like the pr- like it was definitely the best time for their careers as well. And like everybody knew Snoop at that point. Everybody knew Tupac, and honestly it's hard to tell who who outdid the other on the record they both just complimented each other really really well and it's a shame that we didn't get to hear more more music by by the both of them i I would only say tupac outdid him because there was one point where snoop dogg kind of simplifies his flow and yeah that like that that kind of works with him but it felt a little too much of a throwback to the older stuff you know what i true, mean true he's true. like you work so hard until your eyes swirl i was like what is this <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can never be mad at snoop because he wrote like my favorite records during like the chronic album was great but my favorite verses were old snoops or the ones that snoop wrote mm-hmm. so 
Um, but so, yeah, he did simplify it. That, that's it's it's funny that you say that because every time Snoop simplifies it, we give him a pass. Mm. But if anyone yeah. else did shit like that, <laughs> we'd be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just, he's got that flow, man. He's got, he's got flow. that charm. He's like you can't it's disrespect important. Snoop. Yeah. Um. But going through this album, uh, listening to it like all the way through, uh, for the first time, like for for the point of looking at it critically. I found it interesting how a lot of the first songs were actually about women. Yeah. Like, you know, do you think that was interesting? Like, okay, you have the first song, Ambitions as a Rider, and then you have All About You and Scandalous, which are all about, like, women and how, mm-hmm. you know, these scandalous hoes be trying to fuck us up and, oh, man, I, I keep dealing with these hoes that keep trying to fuck with me everywhere I go. And I was like, it's interesting because it's usually you don't hear, you know, Tupac raps about women like eh, usually when he does it's like I, I don't know I just expected this to be later on in the album I expected it to be front loaded with the two of America's most wanted the no more pain the you know what mm-hmm. I mean yeah um but then you got uh got my mind made up which who the fuck is that first guy like I I honestly wanted to go like dude could they like turn up his mic like dude speak up oh uh Daz. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm the best friend, best rapper ever. <laughs> <I'm> like, what? <laughs> What's that you say? <laughs> yeah, I'm um, I, I'm coming from this from from a similar but different point of view because you said that you're listening to this album for the first time critically. This was the first time I listened to the album <laughs> uh, ever, like oh, yeah. ever. So, um, I've mentioned this on the show before that I've had a history of kind of sleeping on Tupac, and I listened to a few of his stuff, and I wasn't you know, really that into it, so I just never really checked out, you know, the other stuff past that point. Uh, so all eyes on me for this week, this past week, I listened to it at least maybe like three times or whatever. Uh, it was a brand new experience. How does it hold up? <laughs> what? That's good, because you got an interesting perspective. Yeah, um, I had no idea what to expect uh, going in. Um, and uh, <laughs> just uh, just before we get into the album, like, chronologically or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. so I got my mom made up. Interesting tidbit uh, was like a Tupac <laughs> Wu Tang collaboration, and from what yeah, I'm reading, yeah. um, Inspected Deck had a verse, but they took it out because it was too long. That's unfortunate, because <laughs> well, for one, oh, corrupts oh as long God. as fuck, but also, I'm really missing Inspected Deck right about now. But there's a fucking line that I got to highlight from fucking what? Method Man. What? Fuck you losers while you ja- while you fake jacks I make maneuvers like Hitler sticking up Jews with German Lugers. Yeah, that was edited. It was. On the yeah, it was, that uh, I was listening to. like Hitler sticking up with German. <laughs> still, like, it's like whoa. I know where you're going though. You still said Hitler. <laughs> I could, I could connect you... the dots. Why are you sticking up specifically Jewish people? What's going on? <laughs> Yeah. The fuck's yeah. wrong with you, Method Man? I think it was like back then it was like less offensive to say things like, oh yeah, we associate Jews with money. And so like I'm robbing a rich person, you know? Oh, like a yeah. lot of people, a lot of people just kind of were, um, again, it was also shock value. Yeah. Like, uh, or I mean, it also, it could be saying like, hey, a lot of Jewish people like are higher ups in the industry. So he's saying we're getting money from them. Yeah. Red Man killed his verse. Oh yeah. Red so Man was fucking Red Man. He stole incredible. the show. Um, and, and then you hear, but my thing is like, why would you even have inspected decks? Yeah, the INS, it, 
<laughs> you know, and then just cut them off. Like, what's the point? Were they going to go like, oh, look out for the deluxe version, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but um, that doesn't make sense either because a lot of these songs are really fucking long. Yeah. Like, so it doesn't make sense for him to be like, oh, we cut it out. It was, it was, it was just too long, man. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is like, what's your phone number? The first two minutes is just like two verses. And then the last like three or four minutes is just like a sex phone conversation. Yeah. You mean to tell me they couldn't cut the fucking sex phone conversation to have INS in there? I done without that. The fuck? <laughs> uh, although, like, I understand that kind of had its own charm in the 90s. Everyone seemed to want to one-up each other with, like, having sex or something like that. So that was kind of like his version of that, you know, with the lengthy sex phone conversation. And I, I, if you're fine with, you know, hearing the sexual exploits of a dead man, <laughs> you know, please listen right ahead. But it is kind of yeah. weird. <laughs> what a weird time. What a weird time. Definitely not my favorite Tupac record, uh, by the way. Like, I, I don't know how many people would consider it their favorite Tupac record. It, it has a solid groove though. Like his oh, flow no, the is, music is great. The music and is his great. flow is fucking on point. Like I was, I listened to it the first time, and of course, like the sleaze factor at first was just like I don't want to listen to this. But then when I like listened to it critically, I was like, dude, is actually fucking spitting. Like he's got this shit, you know. Like yeah, his voice it... is so uh, imbued just into the track. It's kind of awesome. Yeah, you know. but when I go back to Tupac, I'm listening to Brenda's Got a Baby. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to mm-hmm. Keep Your Head Up. I'm listening to, and if I want to get some ignorant shit, I'll put on I Don't Give a Fuck. And yeah. for some reason, All Eyes on Me, it never kind of, I, there's like a couple songs here and there. The thing is, I don't hate any of the joints on there, right? right. Everything's great. It's got a nice flow to it, as you say, but I just don't come back to that record. And, and I don't know. It's kind of nope. crazy to me that that, it's it's such a different Tupac and and yeah. and people I don't know this is this is funny that's that that's the last Tupac record we got mm-hmm. that is bizarre to me it's re- well it really before is. I mean technically if you want to count the uh, the Machiavelli seven day theory oh uh, yeah do you think he, do you he think, was alive uh, while they were recording it technically I mean eh. yeah uh, man yeah I I, think... who who else like had this sort of career. Switch like I mean Nas with the Nostradamus I'd say yeah well because he went from I'm the quiet thug poet well he was doing the quiet thug poet slash uh shock rap because that was just the fucking thing in the nineties mm. like shock rap yeah. honestly it doesn't end with um you know a lot of people think shock rap kind of ends with like uh I don't know maybe like Redman or or the Flatliners or or maybe um. Who who are the that group that Red, uh that Rizza had the Grave Diggers, Grave Diggers yeah. uh, or yeah, yeah uh, no gra- Shock Rap was really the fucking style in the nineties. Like yeah, if you yeah, yeah. if it wasn't your big hit single, you probably had Shock Rap in it. Yeah, you know what Dirty I mean? Bastard was Shock Rap. I mean, even Nazo Nelmatic mm. was like saying shit sometimes just for the Shock value. Like the stuff yeah, in Jesus yeah. part. Now we look back, we're like, yeah, that's so dope. But back when it came out, it was. Almost strictly just for the shock value. Yeah, he's like, I'll rape uh, Mother Mary and sh- yeah, shoot a nun in the head or some stupid shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was, was like, 17 what? or 18. So, like, again, you can look back and you can see why he did that. He was basically Tyler, <laughs> the creator age. Mm. Yeah, but uh, could, could you imagine, like, probably back then, the people who were, like, 
the people who were really big into hip-hop but wanted to hate on the current trend, that was probably what they were hating on. Like, oh, he just has to talk about uh, Raven no, Mother but, Mary. Yeah, <laughs> but Nas was kind of like, I feel like a lot of people appreciated Nas at the time, not to diverge into Nas for too long, but uh, because like people fuck with Nas because he was basically like the Kendrick Lamar of their time. Yeah. He was like the, the natural progression. Tupac was the natural progression to, as you said, NWA and Public Enemy. And Nas was the natural progression to Big Daddy Kane and Rock Him. Mm-hmm. So I um, think I think they both made sense. Um, now, and, and that's not to say that going back to the songs about uh, the women and stuff like that, it's not to say that they were bad. They're actually right. pretty good because, like I said, they managed to keep up the sort of um, the description and and storytelling and lyrical skill that he kind of has a, has a knack for. Like you can't front on how good he is at rapping, right? Like, yeah. as much as people like to go like, oh, it's really about the passion. Because some people like to put him out of the list because, um, well, they think more about his passion than how he actually puts words together. But it's like, you can't front on this dude. Dude knew how to put together a fucking song. Um, I hear a lot Tupac of... did, but it wasn't like, it wasn't super, super lyrical either. I think that's what people have trouble with. Because a lot of people hold Tupac and Biggie specifically like this level of like, yeah, nobody was better. To the point where mm. you can be like, what about Reasonable Doubt? What mm. about Illmatic? Right, like, right. Pe- people like to dismiss these other records that were just as good, if not better, because these because guys they died. died. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. Nas died after Nostradamus, we treat it probably in a similar way as we treat All Eyes on Me. We consider uh-huh. it was written in Illmatic absolute classics and very different yeah. to Nostradamus. And you know, I, I we'd be like, yeah, he's a genius. Yo, I just thought about something. Does anyone ever bring up any of their actual albums to say that they're like the best albums for Tupac? No, no. Most people would just most people just say just say Tupac the same way people say Bob Marley. Yeah, like a lot of people yeah. who claim to really like Bob Marley can't name five Bob Marley songs off or, top, or albums, you know? albums, or albums. You know, like you know, oh yeah, you think he's the greatest? Okay, what's Bob Marley's fa- best album? You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like it. To me, it's interesting because, like, fine, if you can't name an album, I'm, I can kind of forgive you for that because maybe you're the type of person who's, like, a casual listener, mm-hmm. right? But if you can't name, like, five songs by Tupac, and most people who who claim to be Tupac fans really can't. Like, yeah, you got the, I don't know, like, the really obvious joints that people go for. But for the most part, like, I don't think t- people who say they respect Tupac really respect Tupac for the right reasons. They just know, like, these two guys died, everyone mm-hmm. considers them legends, and so should I. And also, like, he w- he represented the super gangster. Mm. Yeah, you know and what it's I hard mean? to hate, it's hard, like, what, what, are you, what are you gonna say? All Eyes on Me was eh, mediocre, and that's it, and people, like, like now maybe it's actually easier and maybe it would even be trendy to say something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think so. But right, like right. but for like 20 odd years it was it was <laughs> Tupac blasphemous. wasn't so great like <laughs> Yeah, yeah if, you, if you said that like 10 years ago you like you pro- you could get jumped. Like it was that serious, <laughs> you know? Like nowadays saying Tupac is overrated is like saying the Beatles are overrated. Everyone is fucking saying it. Yep. Absolutely. Nah, but see, you, you talk about Tupac, you talk about uh, Notorious B.I.G. Why the fuck is no one talking about fucking Big L? Because yeah, he didn't true. really, like... <sighs> he didn't okay, have so a hit single like that. He didn't have... Okay, so Biggie, you can't say he was really prolific because he didn't have, like... Like, Tupac was prolific. He was okay. not really like prolific. He had, like, one and a half was, albums. Yeah, yeah, he had yeah. One and a half, Biggie only had one and a half album, but that album was, was huge. Biggie had a huge impact for 
in terms of like New York and like popular music in New York, mm. right? He was like the big pop hip hop artist. And then Pac was like this, he's just a revolutionary. Like people really viewed him as like, as this revolutionary individual who was just like bigger, larger than life. And then uh, Big L just wasn't as present. Mm. Like, he wasn't part term- of any movement. He wasn't yeah. Really, yeah, part of really any movement. You can't really be like, oh yeah, my favorite big L records are this, 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 and that. You can you can you can remember two, three lines here and there. We remember his voice. He's only basically his... got the one because he had the one in '95, and then a posthumous one that came out in 2000. So yeah, which does it count? <laughs> but then you have um like a guy like Big Pun. Mm. He's remembered well because not only was he a great rapper. He was also like one of the first Latino rappers. He was the first rappers. Puerto yeah. Rican rapper to go platinum. Yeah, yeah, and so that means something because it's more than just he was a guy yeah, who put out good music. Yeah, he was the guy the who represented these people that put out good music. He was you know the what I mean? first of you know, like whenever you're yeah, the first yeah. of, you kind of and and I mean, yeah, he was really he was really good too. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. For, I mean, now looking back at it, it was a bit of the lyrical miracle thing and just spinning saying a lot of things. And if you Pay attention to how Big Pun breathes on records. Just trying to really pay attention to how he breathes. It's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you have to admit it's kind of funny. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Big L didn't have that same significance. I, I feel like um, if, if Jay-Z died after Reasonable Doubt, mm. uh, we maybe would remember him in almost similar terms as Big L. Yeah, because Reasonable Doubt was a classic now, but yeah. it, it didn't do so well upon release, if I recall correctly. Yeah. yeah, you know what the problem is? He's put out too much music. Yeah. like And at the time, it's great because, hey, uh, new album after new album, hit song after hit song, but now it's kind of hard to go through the weeds and figure out which what was really great and what Absolutely. was, you know what I mean, what was mediocre. Yeah. So people don't really do that as much. So he has the legacy of being great. And of course, people always point to reasonable doubt. Mm. But does anyone really point to Rock La Familia or, yeah. uh, or the second I guess one? People, yeah, or, or yeah, In My Lifetime or whatever. Like there was like the three-parter thing. The first five albums, most people can't name Jay-Z's first five, first five albums. Because most of them, we just don't remember. They didn't stick mm-hmm. with us. It's Wait, the, let the, me see the, if I can name them. Wait, hold okay. on. Let me see if I can name them. All right. So we have... Um, of course we have Reasonable Doubt. Right. Obviously. Then we have, uh... Classic. Uh, volume 1, 2, and 3. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it is, like, Volume 1, In My Life. Uh-huh. Well, they all kind of named weird, though, so it is kind of hard to remember. It, like, it volume... is, yeah, Volume 1, okay, 1, 2, three. I'll, I'll give you a pass yeah. for that. You can, you can, you can, yeah. Uh, I do remember In My Life, and then, like, the S... Carter, like S dot. Yeah, that's like three. Life and Times of S. Carter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Life and Times of S. Carter. Uh, and then you have Blueprint, I think is the nope. fifth one. That's where that's when Rock La Familia came out. Yeah. See, that, like that, nobody remembers that. Yeah. It, <laughs> it preceded the Blueprint. Yeah, that's 2000. Okay, Blueprint's 2001. The yeah. reason why people don't remember that is because it was supposed to be a compilation album, and then he just at the last second slapped his name on it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, fuck yeah. it, it's my album. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's actually exactly it. That, it's interesting because like the the records we remember him for are uh, Reasonable Doubt, Hardback Life, Black God Album. Damn, that was yeah, you two. forgot. Yeah, Hardback Life. Ah, was too, yeah. come on. Yeah, 
Sorry, you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, it's like he he he's he's had some classic records, but in between the classic records, there was there was just some like forgettable garbage, like Kingdom Come mm. and uh. Life and Times of S. Carter and Blueprint Three. <laughs> like, come on, yeah. American Gangster was slept on, in my opinion. Oh, oh, like, yeah, that was a really good one. Actually, such a good record and like um, conceptual, and I don't know, I, I thought it was one of his best records, and I was so surprised that. I'm so surprised that people don't put it in their top three J records. You know what his problem was? He tried to do the fucking part one, part two, yeah. part three bullshit, and that just uh, that just puts down your your just your legacy because you're already looking like you're going back to the well instead of making something new. Yeah, you know, your absolutely. first album is Reasonable Doubt, and then your next three are Volume One, Volume Two, and Volume Three. Like, that's just yeah. not a memorable sound. It doesn't sound memorable, you know? Yeah, but you got to remember back then, a lot of rappers, especially, like, nerds like Jay-Z. Like, sure, he has, like, actually real criminal past and associations, all that. But all, th- all of those things aside, like, he's a nerd. And a lot of the hip-hop dudes, especially in New York at the time, were movie nerds. Like, mm. um, like mafia mm. movie nerds. And they were really yeah. obsessed with, like, making references and releasing music in the way that some of those movies were released. And, like, the covers and the, the, the fonts, everything was, like, inspired, uh-huh. you know? So I think maybe the volume one, two, three might have been, like, also sort of, sort of along those lines. Like, he was thinking of himself, like, man, wouldn't it be epic? It's like a book or, like, yeah. it's like a three-part movie. Or, like, I'm yeah. sure he had, like, a very idealistic nerdy like everybody everybody's gonna think i'm so cool type of image (laughs) in his head because in the end we're all people and when we come up with these ideas we kind of have the same uh sort of processes that we go through it's kind of like how lupe was like hey i'm gonna put out my first album and it's called uh okay what's his first album Uh, uh, oh wait was it food and liquor food and liquor volume one and then no no it was just food and liquor and then He puts out uh, the cool, the cool, which is, which is awesome. Yeah, which is based on one of the songs from the first album, expanded into its own album. Except he doesn't really do that because the first two, the like the second track on the album is a complete departure and is about something else, and the third yeah. track is just about him as a rapper. And then finally, when we get to the fourth track, we're start, we're talking about the character of the cool. But by then, we're just like, wait, who, what is this album supposed to be about again? And then by the last track, we're like go baby what the fuck does that have to do with the cool <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. it just gets so muddled and then so finally uh what did he do after that he did the cool and then he did the the album that was delayed um right uh lasers mm-hmm. oh my which, god lasers yeah which people didn't like and so already he's interrupting the flow of sort of what people would consider to be like a good discography you know what i mean yeah and then you have Food and Liquor to the Great American Rap Album, Volume 1, or something like that. It's just like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Yeah, unless unless your tape is like a collection of B-side throwaway joints, don't call it Volume 1. Yeah. Like, like, um, I don't know. It's weird, because as soon as I see Volume 1, it just makes me feel like it's an incomplete thing. Yeah, your brain immediately thinks that it's not as important. Yeah, I'm judging it already in a particular context of like all right well the second record i'm going to compare it with this one i have to because it's volume two whether i want to or not like in my mind i'm going to associate those two albums together and you don't always want that you kind of sometimes want to have these standalone projects but i mean sometimes it's worked i'm sure it's worked for some people um 
I can't name any that it's worked for. But... <laughs> uh, Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> um, going back to Tupac. Now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so my initial takeaway. Huh? I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was like, going off. Hey, oh, look at yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> my uh, right, my initial takeaway from this album is that this, to me, is what a pure rap album sounds like. Like, if you had somebody coming from another planet and they wanted to know what hip-hop sounded like, I don't know what they would, how they would know what hip-hop was, but if they were like, I need an example <laughs> of what hip-hop is... I'd probably give them this album because it's the most straightforward, like, very minimal on the samples. It's very original. You know, it just kind of runs together there. But that's what that's what you say. Very minimal on the, on the samples. Very minimal on the samples. How is that hip hop? No, it's like, it, it, it gives you a bass sound. Okay, gotcha. Like all yeah. all these other people build off on what this sound is, and that that to me is how it's like a pure. Hip, like it's it's not very, like, like we were talking about before. It isn't too crazy lyrical. It's minimal on the samples. Yeah. Um, it's kind of one it has message. Sticks on the hook a lot of the time. What was that? You know, there are it, some funk samples here and there, but it has like a lot of chicks on the choruses and True. stuff like that. Yeah, like you know? it, it is very of the time. Like it sounds very '90s. It has that instrument that yeah. we were talking about the last time that. That jingly sound effect. <laughs> I still don't know what instrument that is. No one's been able to help me. It's it, which someone one? put like a someone put like a metal stick in a jar or something. In Wait, are you guys talking about the same thing? Like when you uh, at the beginning of San Andreas? Yes, that's exactly the example I gave. Oh, um, <laughs> fuck, what was it? It's a bell of some sort. I, think. I have no idea what that is. But yeah, like that—that's all over <laughs> one of the tracks. I forget which, but oh my god, it's all over one of them. What's great about this album is you get a real piece of where he was. Um, you know, there, there's the element of saying, like, oh, man, it's over two hours. It's kind of fucking long. But you know what? All throughout, you really feel like you've been through his life after all of that. Like, he brings up certain things and, and keeps bringing back certain images, like the 500 bins. Like, he brings that up multiple times throughout the album. And this is certain, you know, you get in your head, you're like, Oh, no, he really has that car. He's not just bringing up, like, oh, uh, fancy cars. No, when he got out of jail, the first car he bought was that one with the money that he got. You know what I mean? Like, I know that now because it's such a prominent thing in his music. So are you saying maybe maybe his music never really changed in the sense that it was always personal? It's just that his life changed, and so the music had to, of course, yeah. consequentially. And I, and I think when you go to jail, when you become incarcerated closes your mind in a way because it becomes more about survival and so the music reflects that he's not really thinking in terms of like grander you know socio-political issues because he's just thinking about survival right now you know yeah. and so yeah. i think it was uh only god can judge me uh yes it was only god can judge me when he says uh i try to remember but it hurts i'm walking through the cemetery talking to the dirt i'd rather die like a man than live like a coward there's ghetto up in heaven and it's ours Black power is what we dream. It, black power is what we scream as we dream in a paranoid state, and our fate is a lifetime of hate. That's kind of like the perfect sort of um, encapsulation of what was going on in his mind. Because yeah. his music before this album was all about black power. We need to uplift the people. But specifically after when this album came around, you didn't really hear that anymore. Yeah, and he's sure saying yeah. like, 
I want to be about that, but I'm so paranoid and I'm so just trying to fucking survive and just enjoy life where I can that it it clouds that, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And this is also after he was shot five times. So he was very close to death. Well, it's interesting know? that it's the first time, like, throughout the whole conversation, we've brought up some Tupac lyrics off of the album. And the, the one that you bring, the lyrics that you bring up are the ones, like, the only conscious moment, arguably. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I wrote it down because it, it struck through. It was so clear to me. It was so apart from everything else. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. it, it was so, like, that sort of trying to reach back to that better version of him but sort of knowing that he's never really going to get back there again. Do you, you know? Do you, th- do you think it was almost like preemptively justifying himself for like the different sound that he was going to indulge in? Well, I think I think there's a part of him that wanted to scare people because y- you think about it, he had been shot and whereas with a guy like 50 Cent when he was shot his music before and after was basically the same. There was no real metamorphosis for him, you know what I mean? But I feel like with him, with him being the type of person who really reflects what is going through his life through his music, being like basically so close to death, and which is why it's so interesting because some people might forget that he actually was in the hospital and was close to death before this album. Excuse me, before this album, ca- yeah, before this album came out. So you know, listening to this album, it might sound like he's just talking about he's preemptively talking about his death you know, which would happen in 96, but he's actually talking about the first couple of times where he encountered death, where he felt that I might not get out of it. You know, this wasn't pre, this wasn't, um, do you, uh, what do you, you think call it? he was intentionally trying to scare people, as you were saying, or do you think it was basically I, j- jail yeah. fucked them up? Because, you know, like, after this record came out, and people don't, don't talk about this much, but, like, he, he started ha- beefing with uh, a whole lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, including people who used to be his homies, like Snoop and Dre. And, yeah. and people don't talk about that because, well, it just doesn't fit the narrative a lot of these people try to push mm-hmm. these days. But there was a beef yeah. there. And we're not necessarily saying just because Tupac died and we remember him as a legend that he was in the right. But I'm, I'm, I've always been a bit curious about that perspective. Like, what happened there? and Why was mm-hmm. he making so many enemies so quickly? Was there a paranoia if there was? Was it fueled by Shook, or was it his own kind of fears coming out of jail, or just, I don't know, like, there, I feel like there's so many unanswered questions, and usually these questions aren't brought up, because a lot of people don't know about a lot of his beefs after this mm-hmm. album came out. No, I definitely get the feeling that there was, like, there was, in one sense, the sense of, if they're gonna call me this, I might as well give them this. Yeah. And then there's also the sense of, someone wasn't scared enough to come up to me to try to kill me. So I'm going to beef up my image to make it so that people are too afraid to fuck mm. with me. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, it's funny when I first heard, um, when I first heard Kendrick Lamar's humble, I was wondering if he was going to go in a, like an all eyes on me direction on this album. Hmm. Cause it hmm. felt to me like he, he was, there were a few parallels in his career with Tupac. And then, and then it turned out to not really be the case too much, but still, it's mm-hmm. it's interesting to see like, I mean how, it, do do you think if Tupac didn't die, do you think he would have made good music after this album? I don't no. think so, honestly. I, I don't wouldn't think say so, so either. Like I feel like that that was the end. Like I feel like, yeah. like what what do you? Well, again, people, we can only speculate, right? Mm-hmm. But people like, always act like, oh, if so and so was still around, all these guys would straighten up and fly right. Ugh. 
But it's like... But, but maybe. I mean, we don't know. Because what if, as I said, what if Nas died after Nostradamus? Mm. Then well, I mean, we'd, look, we'd also be like, yeah, he never, he could never do something yeah. as like it was written or uh, automatic. Uh, the reasons I like albums like Ready to Die or um, Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous is because they're so outlandish and they have funny elements to them. So when I came to this and I really wasn't familiar with what Tupac was about, there wasn't a whole lot of that. And to me, that's why a lot of it just kind of ran together. I mean, especially when you got 27 tracks or whatever. Like, it's yeah. easy for it to kind of get lost. So I couldn't help but the ones that stood out to me most were the ones that were a little more lighthearted. Uh, like the ones that uh, opened the album. All About You, Scandalous. Um, obviously, California <laughs> Love. Dog at the end. What? <laughs> With Snoop Dogg at the end, like, I saw in a dog video. I saw in the Warren G video. Same girl. <laughs> uh, I felt like because it was a double album, he, he stretched out a lot of things and wanted to make it sound more... He wanted to make the album sound bigger because this is the very first rap double album. No, it's it, not it, actually. Yeah, it is, isn't it? No, there, there are a few before that. Who? who? You're going to fucking scoff it off, but uh, the rapper Esham had one. Oh, come on. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you facts. <laughs> oh, I think it's, maybe it's the first double album that went platinum or Okay, whatever. yeah, because he had Judgment Day uh, that came out in 92, and that's a, uh, oh, okay. that's a double album. Yeah, I mean, it didn't do that bad, but yeah, it certainly didn't go platinum. It's fucking underground horrorcore, but still. Yeah. This album kicked off the sort of double album thing that was just going on in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like... Because there was this one, and then there was, like, Bone Thugs and Harmony had to do a double album. Wu-Tang. And then, yeah, Wu-Tang, and then Biggie had to do a mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like everyone was putting out goddamn double albums right after Tupac did it. Everyone wanted to be epic and on that level. Yeah. And um, honestly, I feel like only really Wu-Tang Clan deserved that because he has nine motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. They kind of need the space. But like Tupac is like, you didn't, did you need a double album? Did you need? <laughs> no, I, I, I feel yeah. the same way about, and I know I've been mentioning this a lot, but the fucking biography of the Beatles I've been reading, the, the point I'm up in the, uh, the point I'm in the book is when they came out with the double album in 68. And even at the time in the studio, people were asking them, like, look, you got 30 songs here. You could probably cut some of them out. And they were like, no, they were insistent on it. Like, no, I was listening to this album. And like you said before, or Rav said it, I'm not sure. There were no songs on this album that I was like, yeah, you could probably do without this. But there Mm. were certainly you could lose some. And I don't think the album would suffer. But I don't think there were any super weak tracks. You know, I think they're all solid. And like I said before, it's just, it's just not necessarily what I would listen to normally. So there were at, there were times where it did get a little boring for me. Maybe the style isn't what I'm that big on. Like I had said, the songs that stick out to me are the songs that are a little bit more lighthearted um, or kind of tell a story like uh, one, uh, wonder why they call you a bitch or um, Picture Me Rolling. You know what I actually will really say uh, to this album's credit is that everyone sticks to the topic for the most part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the only parts where I felt like that specifically didn't happen was on How Do You Want It. Remember in the middle of the second verse, it was like, all of a sudden he was like, 
uh, is like, yeah, uh, I'm a living legend and you heard about these niggas play in these Cali days and nights full of Alizé and hey, all the chicks love me. And then see Dolores Tucker, you a motherfucker. Instead of trying to help a nigga, you destroy a brother. <laughs> it's like, I don't think that's a related Pac. <laughs> you know, uh, and then on um, Thug Passion, actually, uh, we was sampling the computer love song, you know? Mm-hmm. Where, like, all the guys are just talking about how they're gonna fucking blast Gats at you, and how they're gonna fuck you up. And then only, it, it felt like when it got to Tupac, he was just like, I mean, we were talking about being, like, thugs, but it was supposed to be, like, hardcore for the ladies, bro. Like, why, why are you talking about killing people? <laughs> you know? It just felt, it, that one felt a little contrasted, as well as the first song on the uh, double disc, uh, on the second disc, uh, You Can't See Me. Oh, yeah. Did that not feel a little out of place? A little bit, yeah. Like George Clinton is sitting there dancing around talking about which way did he go? Which way did he go? You know, dancing around and having the fun little, you know, uh, uh, horns and shit playing. Meanwhile, he sounds, Tupac sounds more pissed off than ever. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what's happening right now? <laughs> Yeah, and I like wonder why they call you bitch specifically because it was a response to C. Dolores Tucker and being like, "Hey, there are people that live this lifestyle, and you know, people talk shit about them because their lives are so fucked up." You know, um, I mean, that's not to say that like, oh yeah, when guys call women bitches, that's totally what they're referring to all the time. But you know, there are he's making the argument that there are cases for people that are kind of fucked up. You know what I mean? The only thing I would say is I actually feel like this album goes really long without really having any actual duds. I feel like the uh, the only ones that I feel like are real duds are maybe like, like Rather Be a Nigga was basically a riff of the, you know, I'd rather be with you, ooh, yeah. Mm. And that was already kind of done on the easy, uh, on the uh, NWA album. Oh, yeah. Remember the second one we listened to? Yeah. Mm. So it already kind of runs into the, well, I've already heard someone prominently use this sample before, and you're not really doing much to flip it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, then you have uh, uh, Ain't Hard to Find, which is sort of like the posse cut with, uh, I think it's like a bunch of NorCal rappers. And it's just like, eh, it's cool, but this is like the fifth collaboration track by now. I thought that was a solid track, but yeah, you're right. There are a lot of those. But see, for me... I didn't really mind that because I'm not the biggest Tupac fan. So when you give me a break in it and you give me other people to mix it up, especially with 27 tracks, I don't really mind that. Like, I welcome the variety. The right, last right, track, right. though, I didn't think we necessarily needed. I think if it would have ended on Ain't Hard to Find or maybe end on I- yeah. All Eyes on Me, that would have worked. It- it is weird to have a song called Ain't Hard to Find followed by a song called Heaven Ain't Hard to yeah, Find. Yeah, that's like Ain't Hard Ain't Hard to Find, the reprise. Like, all right. Yeah. And the thing is, I thought maybe it was going to be a switch up. Like, I ain't hard to find, but then talk about like, hey, you know, if you want to, you know, find good goodness in this world, you know, like you, you it's it, like this, the sort of like, uh, what do you call it? The, 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 the gangsta revival you know what i mean the sort of like hey let's try to change the world or whatever but it doesn't really do that and you think it would seeing that the out the song titles are so similar that they would be trying to do a contrast but no it's basically about like oh yeah getting in this pussy uh, heaven ain't hard to find in this in this ass like just like uh, okay uh 
that's what you wanted to close out on, you know? Yeah, or maybe you could have Ain't Hard to Find close out the first album, and then you have Ain't, uh, Heaven Ain't Hard to Find closing out the second one, you know, so they kind of rhyme, like symmetry. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Um, and then, and then, uh, of course, when we, we didn't talk about Ain't, uh, I Ain't Mad at You. Oh, yeah. Love this song. Yeah, yeah. I fucking, I think this is one of the first Tupac songs I ever heard. Really? Um, yeah, and, you know, you have the first verse, which is really fascinating because it's told from the perspective of this guy whose lifestyle is basically about to doom him, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's basically about to die because, and he's looking at his friend and he's saying, like, Wow, my friend is, you know, a Muslim now and he's he's become all religious and he's changed his life and he's being a better person. And every time I try to tell him like, "Hey, come fucking hang out with us like on that old bullshit." He's like, "Nah, dude, I can't do that anymore." Mm. And and it's it's sort of sad because you're kind of thinking about like, you know, that's what Tupac's life kind of was, you know? Like it, I don't know. Like personally, I think of, you know, as someone who died from gang violence. Mm-hmm. Like this verse seems ironically being told through his perspective, you know, like, uh, I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to get into this. Like for me, as someone who used to live in a shitty neighborhood and I'm sort of moving out of that now and, you know, I'm living better. And and it, like the song kind of puts me in the perspective of like, here's this guy who was living that street life too. And he went the wrong route and he's, you know, he's like, he's joking on me, uh, joking on, you know, me or whatever and going like, oh man, you're, you're acting like you're a good guy now, but I know how you used to be. You used to be mm. into that shit too. And he's like, ah, but I ain't mad at you. You're doing your thing. And then just sort of saying like, but you know what this guy's path is going to be. You know, he's not going to change. You know, it's not going to get better yeah. for him, you know? Um, then of course you have the second verse where he's talking about like his girlfriend being down for him. But then you have the third verse, which is really fascinating of a switch because it's about forgiving the person who's going to kill him. Mm. And he's like, he's like, I know that you're stuck in this, you know, this mental hell of thinking that it's all about revenge. You know what I mean? And he's like, you know what? I was there at one point too. So I'm not mad at you. Yeah. You know? And it's just like, holy shit. Like that, that that's meaningful, you know? And that was sort of reflective of what Tupac could do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I do wish I would have seen more of that. But I do like that we got a lot of variations of ideas. Um, and none of his songs, uh, like, at least not many of his songs just felt like, hey, it's gangster shit again. It felt like we were really going through a different aspect of his life when he yeah. uh, rapped his different verses, you know? Yeah, um, I wasn't rolling my eyes at any of these, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it felt real. Uh, it felt like you were going through, you know what it felt like? It felt like you were going through this person's life and the thing is life doesn't have a plot to it it's just you know every day hey there's good things that happen there's bad things that happen and sometimes it feels like the bad things are weighing on so fucking much like what's great about an album like this is that it plays like i wouldn't say a movie but like a like a bit of a like a slice of life movie Mm. where it's like there doesn't necessarily need to be need to be a plot it's just giving you this part of this person's humanity you know? Yeah. And and sure, that revolves kind of going into the same topics again and again, but that's what that's like. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I really got that here. And and I also, it, it, because it wasn't just saying the exact same shit, because it was really giving you the details of the paranoia and the anger and the angst and the, and the trouble and the confusion and the danger, I really felt like it mattered that there were all these different songs. And, you know, not being able to trust people 
and especially you know having these songs about you know women and being like oh my god this girl's scandalous i feel like she's trying to use me you know what i mean like i got that too um i also really like storm uh the one like female rapper on this album who kind of kept coming back oh yeah she's pretty dope i'd never heard of her before no yeah i dug her but yeah there were one or two guys that really did really well i can't remember if it was napoleon i think mm. uh on trading war stories he had the verse about uh you know how his parents were killed and how you know i, I don't know what happened all, all i know is that like i'm never dropping my guard again because mm. you know i'm holding on to the anger and not being able to forgive the world for taking away you know my childhood you know what i mean yeah. it's like holy shit you know so there are a lot of really good you really get a good piece of not just the 90s but of this life and it, it's a really fascinating album uh, again it's not perfect at the tail end it sort of feels like it runs out of steam but you know what for 27 goddamn tracks that's pretty good yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. like usually you expect stuff to start dragging around the middle but it doesn't really do that yeah no um i'm really torn as to what an appropriate rating would be because I'm looking at it from a few different aspects. Like, did I enjoy the album? Yeah. Was it a solid album? Yeah. Is it exactly my thing? No. Will I probably re-listen to it? Probably not. There's a couple of tracks I'll probably revisit uh, from time to time, but overall, um, it didn't... Like, this isn't an album that's going to stick with me. It's not going to be one that I'm going to be revisiting. But I was definitely impressed. With all that said, I feel like a 5 is only appropriate. Even though not every song on this album was exactly my cup of tea. You know, like, I can definitely see why people would consider uh, Tupac a legend, why they would put him on that level. It does make me want to revisit the older albums, though hearing uh, your discussion with Rev and how this isn't exactly his best album. Um, And with that said, that makes me look at this album and go, wow, so he's capable of even better albums? Okay, I'll go back and, you know, retrace my steps, so to speak, and check those out. But uh, I'm going to give it a five. So basically what I did was I put both of the albums, like I I rated them individually and then sort of put them together. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, I, I came out with 4.444. Oh, look at that. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's right at that range where it's above solid, you know, um, but not all the way to that level because, I mean, definitely for being a two two and a half hour album, it uh, holds up. But, you know, I still got to take away the points uh, as to where it fails. And also, because there's so much, I could see somebody not being, you know, able to really listen to it all the way you know what i mean yeah i uh i looked at it and it seemed like a pretty daunting task uh two and a half hours it didn't really feel like it like it no kind of you know like it didn't feel like a chore i with each song i was interested to see where it was gonna go it more than held my interest um so yeah like you can see where i'm coming from i mean obviously because you rated it less but like a five feels appropriate but like in my heart i'm like is it a five though yeah you know having the song uh heaven ain't hard to find rather be a nigga it was just like one too many you know thugs need love two songs you know what i mean yeah that's true 
Um, but you know, I mean, four is not a bad rating at all. Especially oh, yeah, absolutely above not. Yeah. So it's still like an album that I think people should check out if you wanna if you really wanna know like where was Tupac in nineteen ninety six. This is really the perfect thing. Yeah. Uh, for I, you, you know, even just a snapshot of hip hop in ninety six. Yeah, yeah. Of in West general, hip hop. Yeah, yeah. I think it lives up to the hype for the most part, but at the same time, I would say, as being the person that I am, I would still say that his older discography is more enjoyable for me. Although we haven't rated it yet, so who knows? Yeah. And <laughs> maybe I mean, looking at it through a critical eye, maybe I'll see it differently. But And just going off the two albums I'm most familiar with, I would still have to say I'm more of a Biggie fan than a Tupac fan if I'm just comparing All Eyes on Me to Ready to Die even though Tupac didn't have Puffy ruining every song he was on. <laughs> Jesus, that fucking album would be near, damn near perfect if it wasn't for fucking Diddy. Every track he's on, he ruins. Only anyway. a way to edit him out. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, can I get that? Can, I, can the next anniversary edition I get of the album just have every trace of Diddy cut out, e- even on Suicidal Thoughts. I just want a track where it's just Biggie. I don't need the, hey, yo, Big! I don't need any of that shit. <laughs> Fuck all that. Just give me Biggie. I could really do without fucking Puff Daddy on that shit. But, um... Yeah, I have to be a part of this. I'm important, too. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you gotta say, though, like, Suge Knight did kinda have a point. Like, P. Diddy didn't have any rebuttal to that when... Uh, Suge Knight said, if you want to be with a company that doesn't have their producer all in the videos, <laughs> dancing around, <laughs> come with Death Row. <laughs> oh, although, yeah. Although, ultimately, at the end of the day, eh, I'd rather have someone dance in my videos than be dead. So, yeah. <laughs> then again, people died on both their fucking labels, so I don't goddamn know. I'd rather have videos, period, than. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think he was like comparatively like after after both of the artists died and you kind of look at look at the idea of like what was the thing that was really bad about uh uh P Diddy's label oh he had a guy dancing the videos all the time eh. what was the thing that was really bad about Shook Knight's label he beat the shit out of people <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like, I mean you know what <laughs> I'll take the videos yeah I-, I would probably even though I don't like his music I would take Puffy over fucking Shug just personally <laughs> I mean they're both probably gonna screw you out of money but oh yeah at least you get to keep at least you get to keep your legs <laughs> <laughs> I like my legs <laughs> I, n- I need these for I need these for kneeling to pray bro <laughs> <laughs> I need these for praying that Shug don't beat my ass <laughs> No, but uh, with all that said, this is Patreon Request, and if you want uh, us to review an album that is either on your shelf, an album that, you know, you regard a classic, or if it's just an album you're, you're bumping right now, and you're just like, man, I really like this. I wonder what, I wonder what Rap Critic Amuse got to say about this. I wonder if we're on the same page about this. It is a one-time $40 pledge to either of our Patreons, patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse, and I gotta once again... Gotta give a shout out to our boy Rev, who joined us again, and uh, it had been too long. It had been quite a few episodes since we had him on, but we uh, definitely got to have him on again. Um, you had uh, you had made an interesting point that people listening to the podcast are kind of seeing our friendship with Rev develop in real time, as the only time we ever talk to Rev is 
on the podcast. Other than that, it's just like on Twitter, but that's not the same. And uh, yeah. with him all the way in uh, in Europe uh, right now, and geez, he he's been there for a hot minute, and I, I don't even yeah. know where he lives, you know, or where he lived in the states, but you know, so I don't know how likely, you know, a hangout in person would be, but you know, Skype's the next best thing, and uh, if you guys get to hear it, then uh, all the better. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Going Off Podcast episode. Uh, 114, I want to say. Jeez, if this just happens to be your first, um, all of our old episodes are on SoundCloud and iTunes. Super simple way, uh, pro tip, pro strat, uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, and, uh, you get every episode as it comes out, and then you can just download all the old ones, which at this point might seem like a rather daunting task as there's over a hundred, but trust me, I mean... It takes a little bit to get to get started. The first few aren't that great. We needed some time to pick up steam because for a while there, I wasn't even editing. I was just taking our audio and just uploading it. And I was like listening to him and I was like, there were literally times where we were like, hey, cut that part out. Oh, man. <laughs> it, 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 uh, yeah, we'll cut that out later. <laughs> it, it took a while to get the editing down. It took a while to get the sound down. I think the podcast sounds a hell of a lot better than it did mm. before. But, uh, yeah, if if you want to get a good glimpse of the journey that brought us here, by all means, <laughs> I won't tell you not to. And until next time, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic, telling you the gangster shit is not worth it. It's not worth it. Don't fuck around with that gangster shit. We lose people all the goddamn time. Greats. People who could have meant something to the world. But no. That motherfucker's gotta be hardcore. Fuck that. Get this money. Fuck all that shit. All right, good night.